0: This is the Langpreneur Podcast, where each week we interview experts in the language learning industry who will show you how to turn your passion for languages into a profitable online business so that you can create an independent career doing something you love. I'm your host, Jan van der Aa. Hey everyone, this is Jan. You are listening to the Langpreneur Podcast. Thank you for being here with us. Um, let me give you a quick introduction of what you can expect from today's episode. You know that here on the podcast we often talk about the importance of finding a good or choosing a good niche. Um, you know, really think about which people that you want to serve and what kind of results that you're going to bring. Your USP, how you're going to stand out from all the other entrepreneurs or, well, from all the other language companies. Uh, We talk about product validation, you know, the importance of validating a product before launching it, launch strategies, all that kind of strategic stuff. And it's really important and we actually do recommend that you really think about, you know, a strategy before getting started. But there is also some people who just, you know, get started on YouTube or with a podcast and before they know it, they have a huge, a huge platform, a huge following and you know some of the guys maybe never had the intention of starting a language business but when you have that crowd you know the only thing if you have a crowd or a following that's hungry to buy from you then the only thing that you need to do is just develop a product and sell it right and then you know you almost have an online language business overnight and that's what happens to some of the guys some of the lampeners, and one of those uh, one of those Langpano's is actually Daria from Real Russian Club, and she's the guest on today's podcast episode. Um, she's basically going to tell you how she started what later became uh, a business that she and her whole family actually is living of now. Um, but actually, <laughs> when she got started, it was, you know, she was on maternity leave. Um, on her three-year year maternity leave, because that's how long it lasts in Russia. And she was a bit bored. She didn't know what to do. And she was like, hey, why not start a podcast? Well, I'm not going to give away too much in this introduction. So, uh, yeah, let's get started with the interview. But before we get started, let's first go and thank our sponsor. So you want to create your own successful online language business or well, maybe you already have one but you're missing the traction well then i highly recommend you to join our brand new course langpreneur business breakthrough now in this course that i created with ollie you're going to learn a lot about growing an online language business things you're going to learn for example the perfect business model for you the three questions to answer to avoid failure with a new business why your existing products are at selling and what to do about it, but also think about things like email strategies that will uh, help you generate sales within seven days, how to easily sell your products or services without being salesy, all that kind of stuff. Now, the feedback that we have received from the students so far has been amazing and, you know, I actually don't think i have ever seen such positive feedback after any course launch, really. So, If you want to learn more about this course and about what other students say about our course, go to langpreneur.com forward slash LBB. And if you sign up now, you will get a 30-minute one-on-one consulting call with me entirely for free so that we can identify how we can take your business to the next level and start implementing straight away. So again, go to langpreneur.com slash LBB, langpreneur.com slash LBB. Hey guys, good that you are still here. Um, yeah, let's get started. Here's my interview with Daria. Hey Daria, welcome to the Langpreneur podcast. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your background and how you got started on YouTube.
1: Uh, first of all, thanks for having me. I'm extremely happy to be here. Uh, and um, I'm a Russian language teacher who tries to make learning such a difficult language a fun Process. So I have a YouTube channel, a couple of podcasts, an Instagram page, and um, yeah, that's what I do for a mm. living.
0: When did you start your YouTube channel? Uh, in
1: 2016, Is in April. Year. I remember that what? scary day when I started.
0: So why was it decided that you wanted to start a YouTube channel? Like, was it was it your goal to build a huge YouTube channel? I mean, you're one of the biggest, maybe even oh. the biggest. YouTube channel out there for Russian learners. Um what was your vision at the time? Was it, you know, did you want to do it as a hobby or do you really have the goal to turn this into a business?
1: I have never even thought about it to be honest. I started with a podcast. It was in December 2015, I started my slow Russian podcast because I was just bored. Honestly, I never wanted to start any kind of a business. I thought I couldn't be further from that. I was always that quiet office worker. Nobody cared about me. I was having my fun at the table. And uh, then I went to maternity leave. And uh, I guess most people don't know, in Russia, it's three years. (laughs) That's
0: a lot (laughs) of time to start your own online business.
1: It's terrible. Three years... uh, Everybody thinks, oh, it's great, you spend time with your baby. For the first year, yeah, you feel amazing, you relax, you don't have to go anywhere except for going to the park. But then on the second year, you start getting crazy, you are bored as hell, and you are so... What's the word? Degradating, right? Is it the same in English? Um, Like when uh, you get stupid?
0: I'm not not even sure.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So you just... Forget everything you knew, um, but maybe some nursery rhymes, that's what you care about. So I started to try to get back to my normal schedule, to study more, to work from home. I was writing my dissertation at night, and that's when I started listening to language podcasts. So I thought, while I'm walking with a stroller, it's the best time to brush on some German, brush on some Spanish. And... uh, Then I bumped into this slow German podcast and I liked the idea so much because it was uh, very comprehensible for my level. So I thought uh, if there was a Russian language podcast like that and I searched everywhere and there was, I don't know, maybe just a couple of Russian podcasts there. And uh, I thought, why not? I like speaking, I have nothing to do in the evening when my son is asleep already, so uh, I talked to my husband, and we bought a microphone, and that's how it started, I just googled how to launch a podcast, I recorded, the first one was of terrible quality, as I realized a year later, when I accidentally accidentally listened to the first episode. And yeah, now it's very popular. It has more than a million downloads already. And um, I think it's more popular than my YouTube channel. actually. Oh, really?
0: Okay. So how do you grow that that podcast in the beginning? Because, you know, like in YouTube, you can like, you know, work really hard, see what works and then try, you know, YouTube for its algorithm to pick you up and then it publishes your content to more people, right? Mm Mm-hmm. How, how did you manage to grow the audience for a podcast? Was it just consistency? Was it appearing on other people's podcasts? Or was it just you just got started and for some reason you got traction?
1: Well, it, it was nothing. <laughs> nothing of that again I'm I'm very not serious about what I'm doing I was doing it for myself so if I felt like oh today I want to talk about if Russians like red caviar I record an episode about it if it's some I don't know it's cold outside so I sit down and record an episode about how terribly cold it can be in Russia so I didn't do anything to promote it or to Uh, do some guest posting or being a guest on other podcasts or something like that. No. So I just did what I like. And for some reason, I noticed that in a month or something, there were hundreds of downloads already. And people started to email me saying thank you and requesting different topics. Mm, So like that, I know now I upload an episode and there are thousands of downloads at the very first day.
0: Yeah. How often do you release podcast episodes?
1: Oh, it's my biggest pain, actually. <laughs> I never can be consistent. And unfortunately, I have promised so many times that, guys, I promise from now on, every Wednesday, I'm here 100%. And then I appear three months later. <laughs> hmm. like, like yesterday, I uploaded an episode about that coronavirus. And the previous one was in December. So it was a long, long time ago. Yeah.
0: Do you keep getting lots of downloads and, you know, there's still lots of people who listen to your podcast episodes, even when you're not consistent, like even when you don't yeah, come with it, any? Yeah?
1: It's interesting that the numbers don't change. So I guess people just listen to the older episodes. My podcast, do you see it? Why is it evergreen? Because it's like a Russian language lesson. So people go to listen to episodes like three years ago and it's the exactly. same. Exactly.
0: Yeah, I I guess that's one of the uh, benefits of you know, having a podcast just like we are doing now. Because on YouTube, you know, you need to stay consistent, you need, constantly need to come out with new content, but a podcast is more more evergreen, right? Like someone wants to learn Russian, they go to the iTunes app for example, they search for russian and then you know your video or sorry your podcast episodes that you recorded two years ago it will still come to the top so that might be yeah. one of the yeah. then i guess right
1: and it's surprising that from the podcast uh much more um what's the word engaged yeah. people are reaching. yeah out. people are more
0: engaging yeah
1: yeah, on YouTube, I noticed people are just having fun. And uh, there are people who just actually don't care. They watch your video and they just forget about you. Uh, from the podcast, I received so many emails from Like really amazing people from American colleges, some directors of graduate studies tell me that they listen to my podcast in their car. It's so amazing. I I'm sometimes even today I'm shocked that That, that's well yeah exactly that's exactly
0: the reason why we decided to go for a podcast here at Langpreneur because you know a YouTube people are just clicking around and they're watching your video and then they are distracted by another video and then there is a commercial they click on that but. I mean, as you said, people are in their car, they're really listening, they pay attention for... How long are your podcast episodes? Are they long?
1: Um, uh, Each episode, you mean? Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I about 20 minutes, yeah. 30 minutes, so I'm perfect for driving to work.
0: Yeah, cool. So, yeah, what? when was the moment for you when you realized that this was actually more than, than just a hobby? When was the moment that you realized that you could actually sell something?
1: Um actually it wasn't even my idea as usual. <laughs> my husband accidentally found a, um what is it Smart Passive Income podcast by Pat Lin, and um he got very excited and told me don't you want to listen? It's pretty interesting. So I listened, there were some basic episodes like ways of passive income or something like that. So he just named several ways to make money online. And I thought, yeah, I can do something like that because I had more than a year of that maternity leave ahead of me. So a lot of time. And, uh, I started to learn more and more about it, and it turned out to be not as difficult as I always thought it would. Be. So, just I don't know, step by step. Then I went to YouTube and um, what else? Then Instagram, and it all kind of gets spinning. And uh, mm-hmm.
0: so, um, what was kind of the advice that you liked from Pat Flynn, and you know, what was the kind of advice that you implemented?
1: Um. I, I don't even remember actually. There was so much amazing information there. And he's so down to earth. Not like uh, some super trooper millionaire who is you know, who knows everything. No, he was sharing his mistakes and his doubts. So I was on the same level not knowing what to do. Like he was back, oh, I think, in 2008. Uh, so I just started to try different things. And uh, the most valuable part for me was that he uh, offered to consider it something enjoyable. So be really careful not to get into the stage when you consider it only your job, only your source of income. And now I'm really afraid that it might happen to me one day, and maybe that's why I'm not as serious as I should be with this, because I know I'm that type of a person who will um, immediately lose all the interest, all the passion, as soon as I consider it my day job for example so yeah it's still more of a hobby to me
0: cool so yeah when when do you start selling and uh, when was it that you started making your first well dollars or maybe in your case rubles online
1: uh, actually, it, it was dollars because <laughs> most dollars. of my most of my listeners are not Russians, and uh, yeah they send me dollars and euros mostly. Uh, my first money uh, were coming or was coming yeah, money is singular money was coming. Yeah, a little grammatical. Remember a minute? So my first money was coming from donations from my podcast. And I was really shy at the very beginning. I was so nervous because I was worried, what if people think I'm begging or something? Is it normal? But then I thought, whatever, they never see me anyway. They just hear me, so who cares? And I asked, like, if you want to support me, you can send some money to my what is it, PayPal account. And I didn't even expect anything. And the next day, I received some $5, $7, $10. And I was like, wow. All in
0: one day? Or you mean like?
1: Uh, I, one The first day, there was some guy from Croatia. I remember he sent me $7 and a really big note with all the thank yous. And in the evening, I received five more. And the next day, I received 10, I remember. And in a couple of months, I remember somebody sent $50. And I was like, Oh, my God.
0: Without asking for anything in return.
1: <laughs> no, no, it's just like, thank you. Thank you. Everybody was saying how amazing it is, how they're making progress from my podcast. So, yeah, I got even more inspired because people were actually happy to give me some money. So I wasn't that worried anymore. They were uh, actually saying that finally, thank goodness, we can say our thank you to, for, for your work. So, yeah, that changed my mind a little bit in this area. I can't imagine. In Russia, you know, we have this mindset. I don't know where it comes from, maybe from those communist times or something. But in Russia, there is this deep thought that selling is bad, making money on other people is bad. And I'm 30 already. And still, even now, I still have this deep, deep inside. So I have to fight this all the time. Mm -hmm.
0: so well, I guess that's like the the best kind of proof that you can get that it's actually good or that it's actually helpful to sell stuff online, right? I mean, if people are selling you money without asking anything in return, that's like that's real awesome. validation that that you are doing something useful that people want to pay for. But even with, without having a product, so yeah, what was what was next? I mean, creating a product or like what were people asking for at that stage? Like, how did you? How do you move forward from from then?
1: Um, my first product was actually it's it's still one of the most popular of my products. It's the simple PDF with no illustrations, <laughs> really nothing there. It's six hundred Russian phrases for everyday life. It's on Amazon now. It's uh, on my website, and uh, I guess it's the only product that is bought every single day. Some of the products there can be some pauses and so on, but this book it's just everyday. Um it was pretty easy to do technically because I am terrible with all those you know, software. I'm really bad at that. And I never thought about hiring something. I'm really scared of that. So together with my husband, we just made this PDF and um I think my brother made a cover because he's a designer and that's it i learned i just googled how to put some product on your website. so i had to google every single step i had no idea how to do it how to run a website how to make the payments especially in russia because russia doesn't work with uh different services like stripe to proceed the payments so that was pretty tricky and um uh, after that, I noticed that people like it again. Just like with donations, everybody was happy to buy a book, even if they knew those six hundred phrases. They just wanted to show their gratitude for all the free content that I produce. Yeah, and when was that, this exactly? Like
0: mm-hmm. how how much how how many years after after um, getting started with the podcast?
1: I think it was two thousand seventeen.
0: It's like so, two two years. Oh, no,
1: I, I think. I don't know. I started a podcast in December 2015, so probably doesn't count as a year. So maybe one year, I would say. Yeah.
0: And how mm-hmm. many like downloads or plays would you have on your podcast episodes after let's say after the first week? Do you remember those numbers just for the listeners okay. to get an idea of how on much the is the first
1: there? week of starting a podcast. No, I mean
0: in like in the first week after publishing uh, a oh, podcast episode.
1: Know. Oh, honestly, I have back had then. No- i have no idea (laughs) i'm the person who never looks at the analytics i have no idea what's going on my youtube channel i just really i don't do that i know that i'm supposed to and that's what i'm i don't know i have to do it to grow but i'm not doing anything i don't know why
0: i guess that's that's the secret you know sometimes people are just making progress much faster than others and you know many people might think yeah maybe it's because they are smarter or they know the strategies or, or they are but sometimes you know the like the most important thing or the most effective thing or the most important thing is actually to just create something that's really good for um for a certain niche when you're in your case you started a podcast for foreigners who wanted to learn Russian and apparently there was not a lot of competition but there was a lot of people out there who were going to the podcast app every every day searching searching for that kind of content right so maybe that's maybe that's the key to actually create something that people are searching for which you did um, without maybe even knowing it at the time
1: Uh, yeah and also I think my secret as everybody says is that I'm just enjoying it very much myself and basically I'm doing it for myself and uh, if I feel that I don't want to do anything I'm never doing anything so (laughs) I just uh, I always check myself would I do it if it were completely for free and the answer is always yes and I guess as soon as I feel if I'm doing it for money I'm going to change something because I really don't want to lose my enthusiasm. And that's why people, I think, like me. I have this uh, email in my newsletter where I ask, what do you actually like in my work? So what what can I improve? What do you like in me comparing to my competitors? Something like that. So I created little survey and 90 percent of people they say that they like that i'm very down to earth i'm very easy going that i'm myself i'm sharing stuff and uh, yeah if i compare myself with uh, my colleagues a lot of them just go to that image of a strict and serious teacher they mm. just have a lesson and uh, they don't go any step aside of that yeah I make very enjoyable, very easy lessons. If I want to speak about some Marvel movie, if I want to speak about Star Wars, I do that. I make a lesson of that. And that's why so many people can relate to that. Yeah,
0: It's very important. Yeah, I think it's very interesting because a few weeks ago I had Lucy from English with Lucy on the podcast. And she said actually the same thing. Like people so many youtube channels out there where there's like teachers who are very strict and you know like the traditional classroom teacher but what people want especially i think people you know the the people who, who go to the podcast app to listen to this kind of stuff or to youtube to search for russian learning content they just want to have someone there teaching their russian who can be their friend all right so that's that's what you yeah, so doing, many right?
1: so many people get obsessed with uh, with being perfect with being all serious they edit off all their mistakes and everything. I don't edit almost anything. If I sneeze on camera I'll just oh my god, I'm sneezing and I'm and I continue and I guess that's what people like it's like a real life uh, teaching. Nobody cares if you sneeze. People want to I don't know just be comfortable people
0: wanted to be real right
1: yes and it's interesting how a lot of people start associating certain things with me for example i was uh, telling everybody how my little son is crazy about spider-man and he's wearing those costumes it's crazy so a lot of people started to send me pictures uh, like, oh, I went to the store and I saw a spider man costume. Your son might might like it, so you see people remember about me even when they 're not listening to me or watching me, so because of uh, i 'm so open yeah in and then
0: you're the, you are the russian speaking friends right so every time they think about yeah. learning Russian, they think about you every time they want to buy something, they first look at your product because you the, you are their friend I think that 's the power of of starting a podcast or yeah a and you
1: see, I don't even do anything on purpose I know it sounds like very banal but uh, everybody says just be yourself and that's so true that's so simple but it's so true and unfortunately so many people forget about it and get too serious
0: mm-hmm. what about your YouTube channel when did you start with that
1: I started in April 2016 and the first video was about how to roll your R sound, like Russian r. It's a big problem for a lot of English speakers, and uh, still, even today, it's uh, I think it's the second most popular video there on my channel. Yeah, still generating money, generating views really strange to me oh by the way the second product that i sold uh that year i think a couple of months after that video it was a short course how to roll your r
0: oh really yeah so what are like the biggest pain points of people who are learning russian is it is it exactly that is it pronunciation or, or grammar i can imagine
1: Oh, it's everything, actually. Russian <laughs> language is very difficult. It's very difficult. I try to make it seem fun, but I guess as soon as you start learning Russian, you understand that it's not that easy, yeah. uh, no easy way there. But, of course, yes, you start with pronunciation, then you learn some words, then you learn some simple sentences. and
0: mm-hmm. So YouTube channel... You know became one of the biggest it might actually be the biggest youtube channel uh, for russian learners on youtube um yeah how, how how do you do that what's the secret here is it again just being yourself and being consistent and having fun and um, being first relatable? Of all,
1: i want to say before i explain all that i want to say that uh actually the number of followers on youtube it doesn't matter at all it doesn't mean anything and i thought it was obvious but uh, recently, I started to receive emails from my subscribers like, "Oh my God, you have 200,000 subscribers, and now you're launching a course for $50, so you're making a ton of money." Like they count, they they count like all those 200,000 people immediately buy my product, like all every single one of them, and that's what I'm making. It's not working like that, and especially with uh, language learning uh, channels. It's different Uh, so how does it usually work some person maybe plans a trip to Russia for a couple of days a weekend maybe in Russia so he or she thinks like oh let's learn some basic phrases let's look what's on YouTube so they find my video I have a lesson one for beginners they open it they subscribe to my channel just to not not to lose me tomorrow so to find me easily And then they go to Russia, they go back, and they never, ever remember about me because they couldn't care less about Russian anymore. But they stay there as my subscribers. So it's not like all those subscribers, like a channel has a million of followers. It doesn't mean that you upload a video there and... uh, a million of views immediately. No, maybe some videos have a thousand of views, some videos have ten thousand, some of them have a couple of millions. So it's all different. It doesn't actually matter how many people are there.
0: Yeah. Well I think it's very important that you point that out. And actually next week, well, by the time this podcast episode gets uploaded, um it might the event might actually already be over, but next week uh, we will actually be giving a workshop where we talk about this. You know, numbers are not everything. Having a YouTube channel with a thousand followers or a million followers doesn't mean that you have a business. It's really the tricky is to find the right kind of people who are interested in in buying. The solution yeah, that exactly. you are offering, right? So what would you say, like the people who listen to your podcast, are they more likely to convert into into buyers? Do you, do you know that? Or like who is your... Yes,
1: absolutely. When I make some announcement on my podcast, I see uh, much larger numbers in sales. For example, when I sell some course on YouTube and there are about 10,000 views I don't know, maybe 10 people would buy. So it's very low conversion rate there. And it's understandable. People come there to be entertained. They don't want to go off YouTube to give their credit card, to buy anything. They'll just click on the next video. So on the podcast, people are much more engaged.
0: Yeah. And at the same time, it's also an opportunity. I mean, the YouTube channel is also an opportunity to send people to the podcast, right? Is that something that you're trying or not necessarily?
1: Uh it's in general, I guess it's like free advertisement. Yeah. So you're there and next time maybe when this the same person who was being entertained on YouTube, maybe a week later sitting having breakfast, he will think, Oh, I want to study Russian seriously, so where do I get some courses? And he remembers that, Oh, there is Daria, I'll go look it up. Yeah. So yeah.
0: So how do you divide your time? Like how many YouTube videos do you make? What's like the balance of working on YouTube, working on the podcast? How do you divide your time?
1: Uh, again, I'm not consistent. I know that it's better to upload a certain day, certain time to do some research, like when it's the most views. But again, like yesterday, I sat down like, oh, let's record a video. That, that's it. Uh, sometimes I don't do anything for a couple of months. At all, it, it was terrible actually and but interesting, the amount of money never changes now anymore, so it kind of with YouTube, what's great, it doesn't matter if you are active or not, because old videos generate the most income
0: mm-hmm.
1: from so AdSense. some videos from the previous year they bring much more money uh comparing to what I am uploading now,
0: yeah, and you are monetizing your YouTube videos through Adsense.
1: Yeah, that sounds. I have a lot of offers uh, about uh, what, what is it like product placement or how do you call it? or just advertisement. Yeah, I'm not sure about vocabulary. Sponsorships. <laughs> Maybe like people want me to, to name promote that their... product.
0: Yeah, sponsorships, I guess.
1: Mm-hmm. But I always refuse because again, I just I can't recommend anything if I haven't tried it myself. And most of the times, I'm just too lazy to yeah. try anything and to check if it's actually good. Mm. So yeah, mostly YouTube. It's AdSense,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's interesting that I think the one video brings more money. No, it brings about sixty percent of all of the income. All the income that comes through yeah. YouTube. I'm not making that much actually. I make on Emma. Uh, can I say?
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> I think our listeners would love to would love it's, to know. <laughs> it's, not,
1: it's not that much. I make about I think thirteen hundred uh, on AdSense. Yeah, it's like for Russian listeners, it's one thousand and three hundred. That's how we say it. Yeah, one
0: thousand three hundred. What do- dollars per month?
1: Oh, do- dollars. Yes, per month, and uh, it's enough to cover rent, to cover a kindergarten. And what's great? I'm saying it's absolutely passive. It's one hundred percent passive. I'm not doing anything for that anymore. Mm-hmm. And I've checked uh, like three months. I wasn't doing anything, and it was. Actually, even bigger in money,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Well, many of the listeners might be wondering, like, but how can you make money off YouTube? Well, here you go. This is the first answer just by monetizing your videos, basically allowing YouTube to show advertisement on your videos. But as you can see, even with 200,000 subscribers, you don't make that much, right? I mean, 1,300, yeah, it's a nice bonus every month. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to do anything for it. It's uh, well, uh, I mean, it's it's basically passive once the videos are done. Um,
1: no, no, no. But wait a second. You need to understand that in Russia, by the way, this is a very good money. Yeah, very yeah, good, especially in small on. towns. For example, if some Russian teacher is listening and they're living in some small town, not in Moscow, not in Petersburg, the average salary there would be like two hundred dollars. for your day job so if you're making a thousand from YouTube it's a really really good money so yeah might be different for Europe and uh, America but for Russians it might be a really good source of income
0: and how does that revenue compare to the revenue from courses
1: Uh, Of course, the major income comes from selling the courses and mostly from my email list. There are about 15,000 people on my email list. So when I launch some product, um, people buy it and um, it helps to gain some money in advance for maybe some bad days when I'm super lazy and not doing anything.
0: So tell us a little bit about about that email marketing. How does it work and why is email list so important?
1: Uh, I'm not even sure it's working that well now, but I don't know, maybe I'm doing something wrong. It worked much better a couple of years ago. Uh, I learned about it from Pat Flynn again, thank him (laughs) very much, amazing guy. Uh, and, uh, he said, start it immediately, like, don't wait another week, start now. So I started with MailChimp first. It was free, but it was free up until some 500 subscribers or something. Yeah, and uh, then I switched to a Weber, and uh, they allowed to make that um, automated email. Yeah,
0: auto- yeah, auto- yeah, automated email sequences.
1: Yes, yes. So every, I think, first three emails go every day, and then like once a week or something, and occasionally I send broadcasts mm-hmm. like with some announcements. What's going on?
0: So how does it go? People watch your YouTube channel or the videos on your YouTube channel, or they listen to your podcast. Then they go to your website. And yeah, they what, subscribe. They subscribe, and what, what happens then?
1: And um, then they receive an, some. I try to send some useful materials. So first email, I think it's like all you need to learn Russian. Uh, I send some dictionaries, uh, online resources, podcasts, YouTube channels that they might like. So, like a big list of resources. The second email, I I don't remember something else. Maybe some lesson. The third email, I asked them to tell me what they want from me. Actually, what mm. they would like to see, what problem they're having in Russian right now.
0: That's a, that's, that's a good one. I mean, yeah, that's that's spoiler, important.
1: Spoiler alert! It's just Russian cases. <laughs> it's Russian <laughs> cases. Ninety-five percent of people respond that it's Russian cases, wow. and it doesn't make any sense for me to send those emails because I'm not doing a course on Russian cases. Why not? Ninety-five <laughs> percent of people tell me make a course Exactly. About,
0: yeah, you should.
1: I'm not. It, I don't know why. You don't it's, like
0: cases or you don't know how they work. I mean, that's also very I really common to, just,
1: It's so boring. The g- grammar is so boring, so I'm not even getting into that. Okay. But, but I know it would bring a lot of money to me. Yeah. But again, I'm not doing it for money, so I'm just doing what I like.
0: Yeah. Or maybe affiliate for, sell someone else's case, case course yeah. on cases.
1: Maybe, maybe you're right.
0: And, uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about those um, first three years. So you build this following, basically, and then after three years, you had to go back to work, right? So how did you... I didn't. Yeah, you, you exactly. I tell didn't. us.
1: Yes, I was uh, making much more money than I was uh, gaining at my day job. So it didn't make any sense to go back.
0: So you... And, like, in those first three years, you, you only worked on this in the evenings when your son was sleeping or...
1: Uh, It's no, I don't have like any scheduled hours for that. So if I'm going somewhere and suddenly I'm thinking about some funny story for a lesson, I open my phone and I write it down before I forget it. Or when I'm waiting somewhere in the line or something, I'm just again texting in my phone for the next lesson. And um, sometimes when I'm on the road, I'm answering emails. So it's it's a big problem for me, actually. So uh, on the one hand, it's great, you have so much time, you are completely free, you don't have a work, but on the other hand, you are always in this work mode, like 24 hours. Yeah. You never relax, and it's really the downside of it all.
0: Yeah, well, I know exactly what you mean, but I guess that's, uh, that's the thing that we as you know, entrepreneurs, that's eventually well, what we are, that's what we, uh, well, that's what we do on autopilot, right?
1: Yeah, so other people, they go from their work at 6 p.m. and they forget about it until the next morning. Here, you suddenly get some email, somebody has problems, you uh, go to your computer doing something. It's not good. It's bad.
0: Yeah, like when I go on a, on, on a holiday, like some of my friends, they might say, yeah, but you, you, you're, you're always having holidays said man that's not entirely true i mean it might look like but you know you're always thinking about new ideas always testing new things always thinking about okay who am am i going to interview next it's
1: uh, yes it's like nonstop. your brain never relaxes so i haven't found a solution to that yet but i hope i will
0: (laughs) so what what's next um for real russian club any plans or big ambitions or you just keep doing what you're doing you enjoy the process uh, interact with the audience and uh, and that's it um,
1: or? i guess it's a bad thing to say on the langpreneur <laughs> <podcast,
0: laughs> want I'm to
1: on the stage when i kind of miss my uh day job so i oh, would really? be really glad i can't say it's a day job i really miss the higher education atmosphere like teaching mm. at a college mm. and um since since starting in september i plan to actually become a student again uh, and get a master's degree it's it's a little crazy of me because i already have a phd so everybody is thinking i'm retarded doing it for another couple of years uh so yeah i want to have my master's again and uh, then i want to find a job in higher education system so i'll become Yeah, and keep doing my simple fun stuff on the side, my YouTube, my podcast. So, so I um, want to keep everything as it is now because I'm not spending that much time on it now. So I'm pretty much capable of combining some studying, yeah. teaching and doing my online business. How, um,
0: sorry. yeah. How much time would you say you, you, you work on, on Real Russian Club?
1: Sometimes I don't work at all. I know it's terrible, but there are days when I just don't do anything. I don't even open my computer. And sometimes it can be weeks like that. For example, the whole December I spent in Siberia, I didn't do anything, like really, at all. And uh, I don't know, a video takes about maybe an hour, it's maximum to make a video podcasts about an hour to no i think not an hour maybe yeah okay an hour 30 minutes to record 30 minutes to edit maybe to listen it again to check mis- for mistakes but not much time not much time
0: how do you prepare for your youtube videos or podcast episodes like do you write a list with bullet points or you just no get
1: never never i just sit down and record i don't oh. know <laughs> because my lessons don't I don't know they just don't require any preparations because I sit down and I make a video about how I like the ocean master from Aquaman that's my lesson I don't need a scenario for that um, yeah, so not much time needed for that. So that's why I'm feeling even bored sometimes. Mm-hmm. I know I could, uh, could have been working like crazy and making new courses and making more videos and that would allow me to make much more money that mm-hmm. I'm making now. Yeah. But on the other hand, I understand that I wouldn't enjoy it as much. Yeah. Well, it's
0: very, very important to, to, to know what you want, right? I mean, the goal to build a, a, an online language business is not to build an online language business, it's to make our lives better, right? And, you know, you say you like teaching at university, then, then why not do both? And you can still do all the things because it doesn't take so much time
1: yes but I'm only thinking about it now after what almost five years being all by myself free going anywhere I want waking up when I want so only now I'm starting to miss some like what what is it the, the atmosphere of or just
0: being surrounded by people who are doing the same things
1: yes that's another problem you're feeling so lonely when you are working like that online so I really miss those um, coffee breaks when I like, gossiping with colleagues. Like, oh my God, what's going on here? You are just chatting on Telegram and, mm-hmm. and maybe it- you
0: should, maybe you should listen to the Lampener podcast to uh, feel like you're surrounded by like-minded people. Yeah, but again, you are on your
1: own, <laughs> drinking your coffee all by yourself. So it's pretty depressing sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not for everyone, I guess. So what's
0: the best thing about building what you've built so far
1: the best thing is uh, freedom absolutely i have always had this dream to travel to different countries and to stay there for some time because when you have your day job you only have some certain amount of days when you are allowed to go somewhere in russia it's 14 days and you always have to kind of connect with your spouse to decide where to go and when you go on vacation, you are always in a hurry, you are always rushing. like, oh my god, we need to see this, we need to go have a dinner there, we need to do this, 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 and so you never actually I don't know relax on that vacation and I've always wanted to go and stay and enjoy and finally this year we were making enough income to just uh, my husband quit his job so we just traveled through Europe we stayed in Greece for 30 days then in Bulgaria like 50 meters to the sea it's it's just oh my god I still can't believe finally I was able to do that so I think the freedom of going anywhere for the amount of time that you want and not asking somebody else, not asking your boss if you can go, if you cannot go, not being nervous about, oh, my God, I should go back there. And so now it's like complete freedom. That's what I love about it.
0: Yeah, I know. If But eventually you want to go back to Moscow and teach at the university?
1: Yeah, for or? some. Time, maybe for some time. Yeah. I think, I don't know, I just maybe now, after being so relaxed, I just forgot everything bad <laughs> that was there because there was zero freedom. Yeah. So, there you cannot tell about Ocean Master <laughs> in your class. You have to be that strict, serious teacher there.
0: It's all about finding the balance, right? I mean, many people might see, you know. My- might know about your podcast or might see a youtube channel and think whoa she has figured out everything in life living the dream but then eventually once you get there you start having other problems right it's like "Whoa, now (laughs) i have all this freedom i can go wherever i want i can you know no stress i can just record a youtube video whenever i feel like but then you start missing some of you know the, the university yeah, some, environment some so it's,
1: things that you never even noticed when you had them so you never even appreciated having those coffee breaks with your colleagues but now that you don't have them anymore suddenly they seem so appealing again after five years
0: yeah cool mm-hmm. anything else that you want to share with our audience like any lessons that you have learned building real russian club as it is now oh.
1: The main lesson to me is that you just need to do something. You don't need to talk about it. You don't need to think about it. It's a big problem for Russian people, again, because I know so many amazing, talented teachers who are, every time I see them, like a couple of times a year, they're always like, oh, yeah, great, I'll do it, I'll do it. Then nothing happens next time i see them they are like that again oh i'll just learn this one thing and then i'm starting and five years are flying and nobody is doing that so it's just i don't know a lot of people are pretending to be those perfectionists that they need to i don't know finish some courses before they start Mm -hmm. i didn't finish any courses I didn't know how to upload a podcast. I just Googled it, how to make a podcast, Mm -hmm. how to start a YouTube channel, how to add text to your video, how to, I I don't know. So all those how-to, they are available online today. So even today, it's much easier than uh, back then when there was no competition, now at least you have all that information. You have all those mentors, all those people who you can learn from. Mm. So why don't you do anything? I know maybe in Europe it's different. In Russia, people are just like that. They don't want to do anything. And it's really frustrating to me. Mm. So if somebody thinks about if they are going to do something, if it's not too late in 2020, do something. That's it. That's it. Do something today. At least Google how to do it and do some small step. It's better than talking and thinking about it constantly.
0: Great. Well, that was a beautiful piece of advice. Um, If people want to learn more about you, what you do, where can they go?
1: I guess they can go to my YouTube. That's where I hang out most. It's Real Russian Club pretty easy to remember Mm
0: -hmm. you also have a website is what is it RealRussianClub.com.
1: yes yes i have the podcast there my premium courses all that stuff is on the website as well
0: great daria thank you very much for this interview and see you next time want to learn how you can grow your language business or maybe meet us at one of our upcoming events then go to our website langpreneur.com Thanks for listening and see you in the next episode.